All right, what's up, everybody? Episode 57 with uh, David Kirby. Grateful to have him on to talk a little bit about receiving the yellow jersey last spring, how he was mauled by a deer in Mill Creek Canyon. I'm not laughing. And uh, just his journey through cycling. Super grateful for David. Thankful for him as a sponsor with Zions Bank. And uh, all he does to recognize uh, the efforts of the team as well as just be uh, a huge supporter of all we do. He is the greatest ambassador of this team and uh, grateful for the wisdom and the things he shares on this little podcast. Also grateful to Todd Raker who joined me as a co-host. It was fun to have Todd on again and uh, thankful for him. So uh, as part of this podcast, David suggests that we do a little uh, challenge, some sort of giveaway for cyclingupgrades.com. So cyclingupgrades.com is a sponsor of the team, and David is willing to give two $100 gift certificates. These are separate gift certificates to anyone who competes uh, in the following challenge and is picked as the winner. All right, so here's the challenge. Uh, On July 22nd, 23rd or 24th, everyone on the team can create what they consider um, like the most challenging, most ridiculous, most idiotic ride they could possibly do. Uh, Ride for 24 hours. Do Everesting. Ride all the canyons. uh, 100% gravel. I don't even know. Ride a unicycle. Uh, There are no rules here, but Corby and David and me will pick what is considered um, the most ridiculous or most inspiring or most crazy ride that is done by a team member, maybe most miles, most vert. I don't know. Be creative. Come up with something. Ride in a Speedo. I don't really know what this challenge will turn into. That's why we're leaving it open-ended. Two winners will be picked, and those winners will receive a $100 gift certificate compliments of David Kirby and Zions Bank for cyclingupgrades.com. So fun gift. Grateful for David for uh, coming up with that idea to support the other sponsors. So with that, uh, grateful for each of you. Thankful for uh, everyone who listens and thankful for episode 57. All right. Enjoy. All right. Welcome. Me Dwelly Podcast 57. Dr. David Kirby. I love to call you doctor. Doctor, you Are you a doctor? Technically? No, not. No. Not, no. Let's call you doctor of bank finance. Yeah, that's fine. Brother Todd Racker. Welcome, Todd. Oh, I said Racker. It's Raker. I'm sorry. Bad habit. It's all right. (laughs) Hey, uh, we're excited today to gather. David, how was your day? Did you uh, cycle today? Did you get out? Yeah, so I had early morning meetings. So we just did Capital Loop. um, And I think the University of Utah is doing a better job watering their streets and not the lawn. So it it was pretty (laughs) lovely. Yeah. Todd, uh, you have glassy eyes from your uh, 78,000 vert this morning, a little PC loop. How'd that go? That was fun. I, uh, I'm taking advantage of this paternity leave. I got another, <laughs> another few weeks. So <laughs> Just, uh... you, see me, you see me riding mid. I won't ride midday. It's too hot. But... Yeah. <laughs> Did you mountain bike mid- this morning, Stu? Mountain bike. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Ranch area with uh, Taylor Cannon, Charles Smart, Kristen Anderson. It's beautiful. deer elk although there were the the weeds have reached this point where they're like there's hyzer handlebars yeah and so charles's arms are covered in like thistle welts and he had was having an allergic reaction on the top of his arm so uh not great but it was really beautiful so yeah uh quick announcement i'm gonna just do a couple real quick kit pickup uh final kit order of the year is closed so we're gonna do 
kit pickup like the week of August 29th, if you're wondering. Uh, we still have this deal from Corby with cyclingupgrades.com where Corby will pay for your East Canyon road race in an attempt to get uh, as many Miduelles out to the race. Uh, this was all Corby's idea. So if, if you've registered or you want to register for East Canyon road race, it's $45. Uh, then we just connect you with Corby and he Venmo's you right from cyclingupgrades.com as a reimbursement for the race. First, uh, 10 people Corby will do, and then Miduele will pay for the next, the last five. So 15 total are up for grabs. It's pretty awesome. I think that's cool. We should do more of that. That's a great idea. Uh, I asked your very kind wife to write a uh, brief introduction. Have you read this? Did she show yeah, it? I actually you? just read it when I sat down before okay, this. Great. I didn't realize she had done that. Yeah, it's good. I'll read it. We can stop and talk and then uh, whatever we can get into it. So um, if you don't know David Kirby, here's a little background on him. Born in San Diego, San Diego, March 1977. Grew up in Southern California, riding motorcycles, playing sports, basketball, football, and especially love swimming. How about that? I guess this guy's love for tight spandexy clothes dates back to his childhood. Do you, he loves it. Give us the three S's. We weren't recording when you said that. Oh, that's, yeah, my, my, my attire is three S's. It starts in the morning with spandex, and then I transition into a suit, and then I go to sweats. I own one pair of jeans and the rest is spandex sweats and suits. So good. Okay. Fun fact. If you're watching the video, he's uh, highly educated. He's attended most of Utah schools, BYU, Utah state, UVSC and U of U. He lived in England for two years as an LDS missionary, which he loved. Uh, which mission, David? Uh, England leads mission, Northern England. Very good. I was in Ireland, yeah. British Isles. Very good. He graduated from the U, got his MBA from uh, Loyola Marymount. Lo Lo I'm sorry, I can't even say it. Loyola Marymount, and then got a master's in banking from the University of Washington. Dang, it's a lot of school. Uh, we met in Provo. That's his wife. Got married in 1999. And in our early marriage, I suggested that we get bikes. She suggested to have something fun and active to do together. He laughed and said, the only bikes I ride go like this. <laughs> <laughs> How things have changed. We have four kids, ages 10 to 20. David likes skiing, hiking, eating at restaurants and going to movies and tending to his newly acquired beehive. Huh? Yeah. How about that? You're, you're an apiarist? Is that yeah, I've, right? got bee, I've, got a, I've got a beehive. We have about 10,000 bees. Dang, that's cool. Did you take your beehive up to, uh, what was it, I-80? That, that turned over semi yeah, a couple weeks ago. That. That's sad Thankfully see. not, yeah. Yeah, you'll see the semi-trucks with uh, entire beehives. They're transport, what, are the almond fields, right? Isn't that what they use them yeah. for and whatnot? And they tipped? It tipped over one, a set, it's a flatbed oh. trailer. You'll see them driving down the freeway, and they're covered in bees just driving down the freeway. Great. It tipped over. It tipped over on the S-curve back there by one ship, and... Uh, some hobbyists around Utah took their hives up there to try to save, try to save them. Try to save them, yeah. So oh, we'll save that for episode fifty-eight. Very yeah. good. Uh, I like this the way this is a little tongue-in-cheek. I think here, brother Kirby, he's on the board of like a million different <laughs> organizations. 
<laughs> One of which is Utah uh, is the University of Utah's Utah Presents, which focuses on bringing diversity to Utah through performing arts. Very cool. He's a great dad and husband, and cycling has brought him so much happiness over the last decade. Oni hates deer. <laughs> this is true. Mountain rats. But yeah, but mountain rats. Did you coin that phrase or is that like a thing that other people say? I honestly, I don't know. I, I don't know if I coined it or if other people say it, but I hadn't really heard it. Because Charles Maybe said I, it this morning on a ride and I was like, is this a, I did, I'd never heard that before. Mountain rat. Yeah. Uh, what do we miss from your background there? Any early childhood stuff you want to share with us? Um, no, it is interesting, uh, that I found cycling. Um, I did grow up, I think I got my first motorcycle, like a little Yamaha Weisinger when I was five. And my dad was really big into motorcycles. And then that kind of progressed into street bikes and he has a Harley now. And I always had motorcycles and, and my wife had a friend that she grew up with, whose dad was the CFO of, of Bell, Bell helmets and Bell gear. Oh. And he was a big cyclist. And back when we were first married, like in my early twenties and he would come out and, and I would just make fun of the spandex and the bike <laughs> riders. And I'm like, you know, why would you ever pedal when you could have a, and so it is kind of funny now to, you know, 20, 25 years later to just have bikes that pedal. And that's all I want. Nice. And when did you, when was your first road bike? What, when was your, 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 what, let's call it drop handle bike. What was that? When was that? Um, so I, um, I had broken in, in high school, I had broken my back riding motorcycles and I've had a lot of accidents. Um, the deer is the most recent kind of big one. Uh, neck and back and other things. And I just got to a point where church basketball was like just hurting so much. Right. And, um, and so I, I, I think it was, let's see, 40, uh, I think it was 2010 is when I got my first Trek mm. um, aluminum, you know, uh, frame, you know, carbon C post type stuff, carbon fork. And I buddy, I borrowed a buddy's, um, just SRAM or all components. And I kind of built this thing. Right. And you don't realize like you drop 500 bucks and you think you just spent 10 grand. You don't realize how big it will eventually become. Um, but yeah, just started writing and I was swimming a lot. I'm a, I'm a USA master swim coach. And I, I, at the time was coaching swim as well. And I was doing triathlon. Um, and so just, it just got to a point where running, wasn't as fun anymore and biking right and just the different types of bikes just became funner and funner and funner dang nice what about um just a real real quick if you if you don't know if, if you guys are new to the team uh both david and todd were awarded uh yellow jersey at, at camp um yellow jersey is kind of um our way of honoring the leaders of the team. David's also a sponsor of the team, uh, has for the last three years through practice pathways with Zions. Um, so not just a great story here, of uh, David, but incredible, um, supporter, just a giant athletic supporter. Just kidding. That was a joke. Some yeah. gym coach always used to <laughs> 
just a huge support of the team in every way, which we will talk about. But um, maybe you guys, maybe we could start there. What did you guys think of that yellow jersey? What happened on that night when you guys got awarded the yellow jersey? Any thoughts there? Kirby, go ahead. Um, I was actually really surprised. I had no idea. And Chip texted me that day. Spencer texted me that day and just said, hey, you know, you've been nominated. We're gonna, I just need some information. And, and he wanted to know specifically about the, the deer accident. And, um, I was really surprised because when you look at the yellow jersey wearers, if that's a, a term or recipients, recipient, yeah. there you go. Yeah. Um, a lot of them have done really great things on their bike specifically, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's, you know, Gino or Dave or some of these older Madueles, or if it's younger guys, you know, like I look at you, Todd, and, and um, I remember when we were neighbors on holiday and you had just started riding and all of a sudden you've like turned into this animal and podium, uh, you know, with that year that Todd at podium, I mean, we were, I was in his group and, you know, like most loaded just got dropped in strawberry, but like, for me, that was the big surprise was I wasn't, a an, this racer or longtime team member or a podium finisher. So for me, it was, it was kind of a special and occasion and, a, and I was really surprised to be honest. Well, I think, I think that speaks in and of itself. I mean, that year you're talking about it, Lodigio, what was, I mean, it was just you and Dalton, right? You guys, what, it was a 12, 13 hour day, right? Like that in and of itself is the tenacity, you know, because I, I talked to you about Lodigio before and you're, you know, what do I, what do I expect, Kirby? And you would always say, just, just get through it. I can, you can grit your teeth for 12 hours like that. I would quit before, you know what I mean? I would quit. That takes a lot of, that's a lot of grit right there, but, but then it goes to show, you know, your, your support for the team, your support for the community. You were the, you know, you and Greg Hool um, and Dalton were some of the first people yeah. I met in the cycling world. Right. And, and it was, you know, I remember, I still remember those early mornings we met at Upland and I don't even remember where we, where we went, but um you know, just you know, a friend to all and, you know, just a love of cycling. Right. And I think that that speaks a lot about the, ul- that. the ultimate Miduela ambassador. Literally every exactly. picture from your trip last week had some sort of Miduela apparel. I was very proud. Very <laughs> proud. Todd, how about you? Well, how would you think a yellow jersey? Uh, yeah, I, 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 I was standing there and you started telling the story and I'm like, is he talking about me? You know, and <laughs> I had no idea. And I saw John Olson that night and he's like, he's like, Oh good. I'm glad I didn't say anything. <laughs> like not even like, not even to the point of, Oh, you're going to re- receive it, but more of like, Hey, make sure you show up. Cause I was like, I was so surprised. Right. Uh, again, very, very special, you know, and it, you know, to, to, to Kirby's point, you know, it's only been in a few years and I think, well, what have I done? You know? And it, I think it, from the outside looking in, I think is it, it's good to hear and see those things from other people because for me it's just every day. You know, I go out and ride my bike and try to be a good person, right? And it's uh, it was special, especially being down there, St. George. It was definitely something I'll, I'll never forget. So nice. 
Uh, maybe Dave, maybe you could talk about your the appeal. What is it about cycling that you love, enjoy? I mean, you're the ultimate ambassador for the sport. What is it that uh, you love about it? I think for me that the the, the um, I think it comes down to it's what my body allows me to do, like currently, and um, I cycle because I can. Right. You know, at some point, maybe that will end. But um, I, I just can't think of a better way to get to leave your house um, and go be with friends, um, with colleagues and. Um, and just be out in nature with the elements and with the environment. And, and then I also look and I you know see Todd's little girl there it's a way that I can try to promote and increase my longevity to be with my family and to try to keep just kind of an overall sense of, of health. Um, and it's really through cycling. I mean, it's just what I enjoy to, to do the most personally and the team enhances that joy tenfold. Right. I love that. Maybe let's talk about that. How do you connect with the team? Cause I actually don't remember. Would you tell, how did you connect with the team? And then maybe if that yeah. doesn't connect to the crash, uh, just maybe let's talk about. Yeah. The, so yeah, I, I'm not sure you'll remember this too. So I, do you remember the year that, um, ultimate challenge started at soldier hollow mm -hmm. and then went around up? Yeah. Um, it was a little bit shorter that year. Yeah, we went and, uh, down Provo Canyon, up Sundance. Up Sundance, yeah. down and around, and then up. Yeah. Um, gosh, I want to say it was like 2016 or 2017. And um, you were there, and I think you had Kristen and Janie mm -hmm. with you. I could be wrong. Or it was either it was either Spencer or you with Kristen and Janie. Yeah. And this was like really my first, and I had like the Z team kit on because Zions for a long time had the, the Z team. That's right. Okay. Thing. And I remember um, pulling it next to you and we had just left Soldier Hollow. Yeah. And I do not remember this. I'm nervous. No, I know. About to come. And I, and, and I had seen you around and I think I was on a Cannondale. You might've been on a Cannondale as well. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm riding next to you and and I think I said, Hey, do you want to take turns pulling? Like, do you, you know, do you want to kind of work through this? And you said, you know what? I'm riding for them. I'm riding for these girls. This is their mm -hmm. first time doing this. And it's not for me. It's for them. And I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. Right. Like that's, it's pretty selfless of you to, to ride in this team um, for these other people that have never done it before. And you're basically kind of, putting your, um, you know, ego essentially on the side and saying, I'm writing for them. And I thought that was really cool. And then fast forward. Ooh. Yeah. Right. Fast forward, <laughs> you know, Sean Montmany, um, works, he worked at the bank and he was kind of a big part of the Z team and he left the bank and then started writing with Medwelle. And all of a sudden, like, it's, it almost seemed like overnight, but it wasn't. I think this was probably 2018, 2017 as well. He just turns into a cycling animal. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, there's got to be some type of, there's got to be something in the Kool-Aid. 
And you and I back in 2018, 2019 had a relationship outside of that's right. Um, cycling, you know, through crown council and through the bank and, and, and you know, we're, we're both kind of partners and, and running this similar circles and, and uh, do a lot of work together. So I knew you and Spencer, but not really in the cycling perspective. And then I got in the accident. Um, and, and this is another thing that for me kind of was like the tipping point. And when I kind of cashed my chips and I said, I'm all in, um, I got in the accident. And for those that don't know, it was May 14th, 2019. It was the day before my anniversary. And, um, I was actually, I had to fly out to a dental meeting in California. And so I turned early at the gate in Mill Creek and Matt Dalton and John Holberg kept riding up to see where the snow line was. And I was coming down and I, according to my Garmin, I was going about 45 and I had just passed. There's kind of that chicane S turn there past Log yep. Haven. Yep. I passed that and there were four deer in the road. And I immediately slam my brakes on, start sliding, and I start yelling, and it was three doe and a buck. Well, when I started doing that, the buck turned and he hit me with, he, he kind of charged me and he hit me with his antlers, Wow! hit my shoulder and hit my torso, and he just, just launched me off the bike, and I landed on my right side, and my femur just went right to my hip and broke my pelvis, and... Um, I remember I was laying there on the ground. I didn't lose consciousness, but my right hand, these fingers were out this way. And I'm like, I get, I get out of the road. So I straightened those fingers. I tried to grab my bike over and I just kind of army crawled off the road and laid there for Matt and John or whoever to come. And they eventually found me and my wife came and got me. And I spent a day or two in the hospital, but I get home and you know, you got road rash and I was in a wheelchair and crutches for um, about three months. But within like a day or two, out of nowhere, Stuart comes to my house. And we had only really known each other. We'd never ridden together, but we'd only mm-hmm. really known each other through work. And I don't even know how you got my address. But here's Stu <laughs> comes to my house and he gives me like a care package. And it's like the wounded soldier cream right. and, like right. <laughs> and some other stuff. He's like, look, you probably have a lot of stuff, but this is really what helped me. And, and, and which was funny is I don't even think I was in a mental, I don't even know. I mean, I might've been on so much oxy at that point, who knows, but I, I didn't, I re, I vividly remember him coming and it was just a quick interaction and he, he gave me that care package and I said, okay, this is not someone who, you know, and again, representing Maduela. And, and I remember he said, get better, feel better and come ride with us. And 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 here's a care package. And you drink the cream. You just squeeze the wounded soldier. (laughs) And that, that stuff actually really works if we're being honest. Yeah, it is good. It is good stuff. And then again, Kristen and my wife, Renee, worked at the same gym. And so as I started to be able to walk again, and now you try to evaluate your health and what you're going to do, Stu came a couple of times to work out of the gym. And I was trying to just just be able to move again and squat and, and, and walk. 
And Stu said, Hey, come ride with us. Like he remembered, you know, and for me, that, that meant a lot to me, you know, like these genuine interactions of someone that I had only really known professionally on a personal level, it meant a lot to me. So thank you for that. And, yeah. and that's kind of when I said, all right, I'm going to join this team. And from joining the team, my cycling life has increased. I mean, the bikes that I have now have increased significantly. <laughs> my bike budget. But um, the amount of miles, the things that I've done, um, you know, the if you look, you just... Uh, the value that the team provides outside of the interpersonal relationships is something that's hard to quantify. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why we sponsor too. That's awesome. And you got thrown into a uh, Wasatch all road in the spring. Oh, geez. Sorry about that. <laughs> it's going to be a great day. Yeah, it's going to be a great day. <laughs> that's uh, I mean, Good and bad stories. Ter- I mean, do any, are you still suffering from any repercussions from that? I can't imagine your hip, is your hip normal? No. So I, um, you know, I've been seeing Dan Mills and, and I've taken a couple of months off for the summer just because I'm riding again. Um, and I've talked to Dean uh, Walker a few times. Mm-hmm. I've talked to um, Janie, who's had her hip replaced. That's right. Um, and I'm actually starting, I've kind of texted you about, it. I'm going to start working with Brianne. Mm-hmm. Um, just again, who I wouldn't have really had known or access to if I wasn't part of the team, but kind of putting this team together, because I'm going to have to have my hip replaced. Mm-hmm. And generally, you know, Janie rides, right? When she's not pregnant, she's a strong rider. She's had her hip replaced. Iron Man, dude. She's right? Iron, Iron Man. Yeah. Like you can work through it, but Dan and these others are trying to help prolong that surgery for me. So it's just been extremely helpful to have kind of them in my corner. Yeah. And Todd, is it painful yeah. to ride or are you okay right now? Over a hundred miles, it starts to hurt. Um, but no, for some reason being locked into that motion yeah. doesn't really bother me. Uh, running and walking hurt, but not, not the cycling motion for some reason. It, it just, it's okay. Hmm. Yeah. Dang you. No, I was just going to see if you had any questions to ask. Oh no, just that. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah Cause I, I remember you, because we started writing it was you know kind of we were all writing with wheels of justice with greg and that was about the time then your incident happened and then you joined the group right because i don't think when we first met you weren't a part of Medwelly. i think that it was, was just right at that time yeah and i think you actually taught i I, I think I remember picking your brain about it a little bit like so what is it what do you guys do who you know what is this tell me a little bit more of this biker game you just joined you know we, there was a conversation of that so Kirby gets a referral bonus. For, nice. For yeah. Me in, so. Maybe David talk about, uh, I mean, your life, I assume has changed, uh, from the things that you've talked about quite a bit in the last couple of years in relation to cycling. Um, if you were going out riding with a new guy today, so whatever, first time immigration, right. What would you say to a brand new guy starting into this sport? They're like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to take this up. What advice? I mean, cause just, uh, I mean, I'm not saying you're new. I mean, you've had your bike for over 11, 12 years, but what would you say to a guy starting up new? I think, um, 
you know, in life, like in anything, it has seasons, right? Like, I don't know about you guys, but this year has been weird for me. Um, outside of, you know, having COVID and then, you know, like a lot of us probably have and, and having a really kind of cold spring, it was right. Like wet. seemed like yeah. Zwift was longer this year than normal. Mm-hmm. Um, like I remember last year I was already up big mountain, like in March and now like it was snowing in May. Yeah. And, um, you know, and I had an, a crash on the white rim trail trip that I did and, and it cracked a rib and, and that just, I remember talking to sharp about it. We, we did it about the same time and that that's just hard to recover from. And so, you know, traveling again for work, um, the, the pers- my perspective has changed a little bit this year because the last two years, you know, I've, I've done a lot of writing and health wise in 2020, 2021, I was in a better place than where I'm at now. And I think it's like to your question, Susan, if you're a new writer and you're going to come join Medwele, it's okay to get dropped. It's okay to not ride with the lead group. It's okay to just ride with one person, ride by yourself. But the fact that you're just out there riding and you're contributing to the team, that's what's most important because everything in life and in specifically cycling has a season. And some seasons are good, some seasons are great, and some seasons aren't always what you want them to be. Whether it's, you know, in relationships and cycling and work, whatever it is, things ebb and flow, and you have to be willing to ride all aspects of the wave. I love that. Yeah, yeah and, you're great. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No. No, I was just going to say, you're a great example. Uh, you know, thinking back to the your comments on the yellow jersey, which is... Um, from a team perspective, you know, you set that example and it has been noticed and recognized that, uh, you don't necessarily have to be, um, you know, a podium, whatever to contribute in a way that is, um, like helping, changing, motivating others, uh, which is cool that you would, I mean, that's great advice. It's cool that you would say that from the beginning. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I think you kind of have to look at things and everything in life and it's how can I be the people's champ? If, if I'm not going to, you know, I, I just look at it, right. Um, you know, you're six, four over 200 pounds, you know, and it's whipped weight, 200, you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe hit the real weight a little heavier. <laughs> Swift weight, That's the uh, weight 200 the you know walk around weight maybe 220 <laughs> we, um, we actually said after a crusher we were like everybody weigh yourself this is swift weight right now weigh it yeah. weigh in yeah, 10 pounds lighter i, I, I go to the doctor funny, and they say how much do you weigh i say swift weight or real weight yeah, yeah. What are you talking about? sorry hey, okay keep going yeah, that's a thing <laughs> and you know so i look at it and i say okay you know and then the accident like i just there's physical limitations if I'm in the same group as Todd, Todd's probably going to beat me, right? He's younger, he's faster, he's in better shape. Um, and that's okay. But what I, you know, how do I still provide value? And it kind of goes back to your first question is, there's ways to provide value to an organization or a team that um, are more than just wins, are more than just, um, 
getting on the podium. And so for me, it's all about providing value. And so I look at Medwele and I look at how can I provide the most value because the value that I've gotten in return is like really, it's hard to measure. It's so vast and big um, and great that for me, it's, um, you know, I'm getting so much value in return just by trying to provide value myself. Like you have to have a domestique, right? Like, you know, I think about the text thread that we had going this morning with Jason and he's like, oh, Pogacar, he doesn't need a team the last two years. I'm like, well, he lost George Bennett and George is a really good writer. And, you know, like even the best writers um, need a domestique. And so if you're not going to be the GC, you're not going to be the sprinter, be the best domestique that you can be, right? Be the best teammate that you can be. Because oh, all teams need a domestique. Yeah. I think honestly, a lot of us go out, you know, we're showing up at five in the morning to meet everyone to go ride. I I mean, it's fun to hammer, you know, it's fun. I, I like go, I started riding by myself and I, I, I went this morning. It's kind of therapeutic just going by yourself. But I think a lot of that, we, we don't show up to necessarily hammer. We show up to ride bikes and have good conversation, right? Yeah. So it's... Mm-hmm. Uh, that's i think it's actually sometimes it's harder to ride when no one else is riding you're like ah it's so much easier when i because we don't get to have those conversations when you are you know just getting out by yourself that's obviously for different reasons and again yeah you know fast slow you know nice bike old bike it doesn't really matter a lot of the times we just want to go out and honestly i go want to go ride bikes with my friends i agree um, David, you're, you're one of the most uh, busy people I know. You uh, you work banker hours. Um, you have a family, beautiful family. Um, talk about how you, if balance is important, and how you balance. Yeah, that that is um, that is a good question. And like I think, like a lot of us, we, we all get up early in the morning. I mean, my alarm is going off at four forty five or five. AM every morning. And and then you just kind of start waking up at that time. Um, so that time, right between five to seven, seven 30 is kind of my personal time. Um, and again, right. We talk about seasons, like my kids are kind of older, like, um, you know, Todd's got a little one, a brand new one. He's got some in diapers. Like my youngest is 10. My oldest is 20. They, they all can kind of do their own thing. And, um, you know, which creates new challenges and, and new opportunities, but uh, balance is important. And so something that, that I do, like I, I'm going to be in Southern California on vacation next week. And I was just in Vancouver. I need time off the bike, right? Because when you're riding five, six times a week, some days are hard, some days are not. And, and I've incorporated a lot more dirt, gravel and mountain bike this year and last year than before, which has been fantastic. Um, for me, um, I need time off the bike. Um, I need uh, time to recharge and be there with my family uh, and be present with them. And so, you know, when you think about it from a banker's perspective, right, you get four weeks of vacation and then you have 12 banking holidays. Like, it's really hard to use all that time. And so, I try to dedicate my vacations and try to use all the time that I can um, 
and just dedicate that time to my family. Because I know on Saturdays, right, I'm leaving at five, probably getting back at noon. You know, you're gone mm-hmm. for seven hours. Um, a lot of my kids are right. Aren't in soccer and T-ball and baseball anymore. They, they can get themselves to their sporting events. And I don't want to miss those. Um, and so for me, one of the ways I balance is, is, is when I go on a family vacation, I generally don't take my bikes, even though in California, right. You've got right. smooth roads, big bike paths, bike lanes everywhere. It's just a way for me to get off the bike, recharge physically and, mentally, socially with my family, um, is kind of a way that I balance that. Nice. How about you, Todd? I don't know if we asked you that question when we had John. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I kind of made the comment, you know, I don't want my kids to resent me, you know, of, Oh, you were always, you know, you missed our site. I actually said science fair project is the term I used, you know, dad, you missed my ballet recital because you're on your bike, you know, and it is that seven to seven thirty, you know, my kids well, are still asleep. We had know? loaded, Joe. We had yeah. sorry, son. Yeah, sorry, yeah. I had to go I had to go hang out with my friends. <laughs> um, no, I try to I mean Scout's four now and she I got my bike a month after she was born. Um and so it's from day one now I, and I, you'll see this on Strava. Like I always post pictures with my kids because they're, they're on the, you know, like I turn the corner from my house and they're waiting for me on the lawn mm-hmm. to come and race home with me, you know, or, you know, washing the bike, I let them help me. Um, and so, and, and, you know, down in St. George, take them to the bike parks or the bike parks around here, you know, just try to, they see me on the bike and now they, it gets them excited to be on the bike. Like they can do something dad can do. Right. Nice. Um, and, and kind of with like what Kirby said, I mean, I've, you know, I think the only place I did take my bike on vacation was Washington last summer. And, and it's, it can be hard. You're on vacation. You brought your bike. It's like, Oh, I got to ride it. I don't want to, I don't want to, I brought it up here. I better ride it. But it's like, kind of nice to just go and not take your bike because then you don't feel like you have to ride it right so i I do like that i mean ever go to newport you you need to take your bike to ride it you know coffee the (laughs) coffee crits with tbd that's just that's just a rite of passage um, yeah i just try to make it fun for me like i said oldest is four years old we'll see you know every day i come home she said you smell like the road dad you know so (laughs) I, just, I, I try to include them right they, they like hanging out in my shop and i'll be tinkering on my bike and they're sitting there watching a show and i'll give them a park tool t-handle i gotta keep an eye on them because they'll be banging on my carbon wheels with it but try to include them whenever i can is kind of the, the nice. takeaway for me very good david maybe you could tell us about uh what you learned from big crash like lessons mm-hmm. learned from that whole experience yeah that was kind of life changer for me. I, um, uh, Todd and I have kind of talked about this. Um, that, uh, you know, th- that, that was a long recovery. And, um, you, you know, when, when you, when you separate a shoulder, all, you know, your right side, break your pelvis, you, you can't like just right using the bathroom, showering, sleeping, like just basic functions are really hard. Sleeping, and you only sleep on one side. And so recovery takes a long time. And what was interesting was I was seeing three different specialists, three different doctors, um, you know, general, uh, cardiac doctor, 
uh, cardiac surgeon and uh, orthopedic surgeon that put me back together. And all of them kind of independent of each other said, you know what, you should cut out milk and dairy. I'm like, eh, you know, eh, I don't know. So because my just, you know, you start to look at your labs and your cholesterol is terrible because you've been sedentary for three months doing nothing, you know, blood sugar is, is high and, and you just, you know, you're, you're, you're just kind of falling apart. Um, and uh, so I started to do that, started to cut out milk and dairy and um, was, it got better because the biggest challenge is in, you know, um, I, I have a whoop now that I wear and was really, I think kind of, um, I think Stuart and Kristen started wearing them first. Hmm. Um, you know, recovery is super important. And when you can't sleep and you, you can't, you know, it's just, it crushes your recovery. And, and so it was getting better and, you know, in October, 2019 kind of came around and all three of these physicians kind of independently said, you know, what, let's cut out all meat. So cut out all meat, all dairy Dang. and go to a plant-based, um, uh, diet and instantly within six months, you know, you, you, one, you drop kind of that weight that you're retaining, uh, you, you, your recovery, all of a sudden it starts to improve the inflation or not inflation. Sorry. The inflammation, inflammation. Thank you, Todd. I had to um, think about it too. Uh, and your body just is like instantly gone. And all of a sudden I could start to sleep all of a sudden, you know, you could start to recover and you can start to do the things again, that, um, I liked doing. Right. And, uh, so for me, diet was a big one and, uh, the way that, uh, I, I just reduced the, the things that I would put into my body to try to increase the output, but really help recovery. How, how much protein, thing, sorry, if I can step in here, how, what do I do how for much, protein? How much meat were you eating? I, I went on a plant-based diet, like 2020. It was, it was more one of those, like, watched a documentary and I'm like, let's just see, you know, I, I, I was a barbecue judge. I worked at Traeger, like I've been smoking meat for, I just got sick of meat. And so I was like, I'm going to try this. And it, it was actually very, very easy to cut out meat. How much were you eating before? Were you a 12 ounce T-bone steak at night guy or? No, we, we ate, so we ate a lot of chicken, um, yes. a lot of turkey, ground turkey, a lot of fish, but we probably would do red meat at least once a week like Sunday dinner roast, you know, type thing. But looking at it, I was probably eating some type of meat protein almost every single meal, whether lunch for sure, like turkey sandwich, right. Or whatever, or a pork burrito, right. Barbecue, whatever, like, and then your meat and dinner. And then in the morning, maybe you're doing like eggs or just, I don't think people realize how much meat they're consuming unless they break it down. Right. Uh, and so you're right. It's not that hard to do. You just have to figure out the supplements and you kind of, right. You change from a, a macronutrient where you're just focusing on fats, carbs, and proteins to more micronutrients. And, um, you have to figure out in those micronutrients where you're getting your protein from, which is primarily lentils, beans, nuts, kale, stuff like that, yeah. uh, quinoa, uh, 
but yeah i mean yeah, i'm still so, like you still do it you're still on it and yeah, i'm still on it i mean day, it yeah. hasn't turned me into chris Froome yet yeah. yet <laughs> yeah and i i i've i've incorporated meat a little bit but like i said i haven't eaten it that much i mean uh, i can't oh. cut crown burger out you know that's my post saturday oh, ride oh, treat you know boy. but crown burger <laughs> though now does a impossible impossible, impossible yeah. so i i i'm i'm with you I, i've cut it out like for breakfast i just i don't like eggs i don't like eating big breakfast in that sense but maybe once a day or i'll chicken once a day or i'll go a couple days but i'm with you it, it felt so good to i honestly it was probably the most lean i've ever been um and it wasn't a huge dramatic change is what you're saying right yeah. i mean there's there's alternatives now to make it easier there is. And I would expand on Stu's question. The other thing that I changed was technology. Um, you know, Mill Creek, you know, you, you get past Rattlesnake and I know they're fixing that. That's part of their big road construction, right, is to run better fiber optics and, you know, connectivity up the canyon. But you get past Rattlesnake, it's a dead zone. And where I crashed up there by Log Haven, no cell phone service. And when you go ride Mirror Lake or you go ride, you know, Wasatch Wall and the Uintas, there's no cell phone reception. And in, that was one thing that I changed. I switched to the Garmin Varia radar system, you know, specifically for cars, um, which runs on the 1030, which runs on my, I run a Karoo too now. It, I actually, I like the connectivity better on the Karoo. Um you know, I, I went with the um, Angie on all of my helmets, the specialized Angie, the sensor that will detect a crash or a hard hit to your head and will call your emergency contact list, like and the Garmin will too. Um, but the more important thing, and, and I've kind of talked to Chip about this, is I, uh, my wife got me a Garmin InReach, which is... You know, it's it's smaller than your cell phone. I don't have really anything to hold it up next to. But you got the mini. You got the mini, didn't you? I got the out. mini one. Yeah, the mini. So if I am riding, like doing, you know, um, whether it's Mill Hollow or Wolf Creek, you know, or Mirror Lake, I will put that in my like zipper in my jersey <laughs> or just in one of the pockets, um, and and then it's on and it's just constantly communicating through your phone and you have a signal anywhere, anytime. And um, I think that's helped my family and my wife specifically just give a sense of comfort because she can track where I'm at, you know, just like find my friends or whatever it is on your, on your iPhone. Um, you can see if you have signal, you can see where each other are. GPS signal is what you need. To, you yeah. Need to specify, but this yeah. provides a GPS signal that she can communicate with anytime and you can call for help if you can't get a hold of your significant others. But, um, that, 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 um, for me has been kind of a, 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 a must now for me. Yeah. Very smart. I mean, I don't know any other guys that do that. Um, but coming from somebody that's had that experience, it's great advice. I mean, that is, and I wonder if that new stupid cable they're cutting in Mill Creek is going to be little, towers or something i don't know i've been up there i've been up there when there's helicopters like trying to find whatever yeah. uh, it's the worst dude that can't it is pretty scary so i, I use an in reach for backpacking and it again you're up in the high uenters of the wind rivers 10 hours you know you're 20 you know can be five ten hours in right 
Yeah. And just having that peace of mind that I can send a text message through GPS just to know everything's okay. Right? It, just that psychological, you know, psychological aspect of being able to be reached. And then also if need be, being able to call out is awesome. Hey, um, maybe a last question for both of you. And this might sound, it might sound dumb, but there's really no right or wrong answer. Um, I have a lot, like I admire a lot of what I would just consider like, oh, he's a cyclist. I'm drawn to that person. Like I, I watch the way he or she trains, eats, races, handles social media. I, I mean, there's so many different things. And then there's others that I look to him and I'm like, that is a clown. Like just everything they're doing. I don't want to do, I don't want to be that person in any way that maybe that's rude. I might have to edit that out. Anyway, when you guys look towards this sport, what do you think, like, what do you look at as a successful person in the, in what we are doing? Uh, is there, is that an okay question? Like, what is, does that make sense? What do you yeah, think makes cool. a successful person at what we're doing? Are you saying successful, like pro cyclists, like someone that we're watching on the tour right now, or Man, just, I don't think like I would a I, team member. Yeah. Well, I mean, what makes a successful cyclist? Yeah. I mean, I, I can, I got one. I can, I can yeah, go for this it. off. I mean, I would say I, I, I'd say progression. I mean, I, I honestly, for me, you know, I go out and set a PR and it's five minutes less or five minutes more than, you know, I'll set a PR up big cottonwood at, I don't know, 110, you know, and people in our group are like 102, you know, hmm. but everyone gets so excited for that. It's like, nice job, nice job, you know, and it, it's that, that progression, no matter how, you know, no matter what state you are in cycling, it's that you're always progressing, you know. Kirby goes out and sets a PR. I'm going to be just as impressed as, you know, Stuart or Jason Lang or these guys that are, you progression. know. Progression. Progression, you know. I like that. I like it, that. It, it doesn't matter. Um, that's cool. Yeah. That's, that's nice. kind of how I, I think of it. Good. What about you, Kirby? What do you think? Uh, that's, a, that's a really good question, actually, Stuart. I mean, it, it kind of requires you to be introspective and insightful on, on how you answer that. Um, I think Todd kind of hit it on the head that um, there's lots of great lone wolves, right? There's, there's lots of guys that can just absolutely crush. And um, you look at them, you're like, wow, what a great writer. And, uh, and for me, it kind of just comes back to that's great, but I'd rather be part of a team. I'd rather be like, as humans, we're kind of tribalistic, right? We want to be involved in something great and we want to be in part of that great thing. And so for me, um, I look at those individuals like on our team that do great things regardless of circumstances and continue to do great things and provide value and that are inclusive. Um, I think, right, a lone wolf always isn't inclusive. They just go out, ride hard, do their thing. But someone that can be inclusive and, uh, you know, great examples, Todd, I always see on his pictures, you know, gets a new gravel bike and goes and does the reckoning course. That's not an easy <laughs> course, right? Like on Saturday, oh, well. we were riding with John up in Deer Valley and I'm like, this is kind of hard, you know, and and what's Todd doing? He's going up, you know, uh, doing the reckoning and, and going up Armstrong on a gravel bike. And I'm like, oh my gosh. 
you know, but then what, what does Todd do? He goes home and he rides with his kids and he goes and he spends time with them. Yeah. Like, um, you know, and so I just look at, we have a lot of good examples on our team. We a do. lot of people that are inclusive, that it's not just about the bike. It's not just about, you know, being the, the king or queen of the mountain, getting a KOM and PRs. It's just about having these experiences together and celebrating the both positives and negatives together. I like that. Very cool. I think we feed off everyone, right? It's, I see Stuart, I see David, I see all the people we look up to, you know, on our, you know, some, some, you know, the teammates we're closest with, you know, they, they make, everyone makes you want to be a better person. Yeah. That's exactly what David was saying. I like that. I mean, that's a, I mean, for me, that's a huge motivating factor of a successful person. If I can describe this properly, but when you're with them or when you're conversing with them or talking around, somehow they have this like unwritten way of making you, it's not like motivated. You're, you're just like, dang that. I like, I like that type of man. I want to be like that. And it's not like they're doing anything specific sometimes. Like I love that idea, Todd progressions. Like, yes, that's a huge, that's a huge motivating factor, but it's, it's almost just like a, a, a quiet, um, you're like inspired, uh, somehow by how they act and whatever, how they train. And then they just like smoke you and you're like, I'm not jealous. I'm, and I'm, in, <laughs> and I'm, in, I'm inspired. Oh, yes. <laughs> Thank you, David. Thank you, Todd. Good talking to you guys. Okay, guys. Take care. We'll see you.